Welcome to Vision Drip, a podcast designed to give you a steady drip of our vision, mission, and DNA to establish and refine the gospel culture at Sacred City Church. I'm your host, Pastor Sam Schmidt, church planter and pastor of Sacred City Church in Moline, Illinois. I am so excited to have you with me as I hope this podcast helps to equip you as a disciple of Jesus in the everyday rhythms of life as we set out to make disciples, plant churches, and renew the city. Not only do I hope that this podcast helps you grow, but it would grow your affections for Jesus. So let's dive into this episode of Sacred City Vision Drill. Again this week, talking again about Around the Table campaign, which we launched uh, at the beginning of this month, September and October. We are challenging everybody who calls Sacred City Moline their home to participate one time a week and uh, having an intentional meal, inviting somebody over to share a meal around the table with you um, with the intention of having some, some gospel conversations. And uh, the last couple episodes, I've introduced what the Around the Table is um, and what the, the, the reason why we're doing this campaign and what we hope that God will continue to do um, as we extend beyond these two months of the challenge. Um, and the last episode, I talked about some of the objections or some of maybe like the hurdles um, for some of us to get over mentally or even some of them kind of more along the lines of belief in the heart space um, and how to um, step into obedience and practicing biblical hospitality. And uh, giving you some some really practical things on how to how to move past those defeater beliefs, and um, and what we left off on was talking about um, the defeater belief that I'm just I'm afraid that when I get people over, um, I'm not going to be able to have meaningful conversation. Either we're gonna we're gonna you know just find ourselves at a conversational standstill, awkward silence. Um, I don't know how to keep a a, a conversation going. I, I'm going to be awkward if I want to talk about Jesus or whatever it might be. And so I wanted to kind of address the part of the little booklet that we put together for you for this campaign, um, which is called A Guide to Intentional Conversation. Now, as we come into this, I want to give a little disclaimer here because if you were to follow this word for word and sort of you know go down as it's written, it'll sound really rote, kind of robotic. Uh, and, and that's not at all what we want to do. Instead, we want to kind of provide you with some ideas ahead of time um, that you can be thinking through and maybe maybe um, strategizing in your mind so that as you go on the fly, you're able to kind of think through the sequence of a conversation and, and make sure things that are moving along. Because I think that's a piece of being a good host in hospitality is is being able to, to cultivate engaging conversation. Um, now, at the same time, I don't want this to be like a cheat sheet that you keep at the table with you and you're referring to it for notes and stuff, um, that could come off kind of really clunky. And, and I, I, I really hope, you know, that's not what this is used for. Instead, it's kind of ahead of time suggestions uh, to help you lead into intentional conversation. And I think that before the conversation even begins, there are a couple things that we can do um, to set us ourselves up well, to create an environment where conversation is sort of naturally going to flow. And I think one of the first things um, that's worth mentioning is to be prepared for the evening in advance. So let's say you got somebody lined up, they're coming over, say they're coming over at 6.30, um, 
And so before 6.30 hits, before they show up, a couple things that you can do to be prepared for the evening is to do as much prep work in advance. So set the table, make sure that the the dinner, the food is actually coming close to to being done, get the beverages out, um, run the diffuser. We always do that at our house because we we have a bunch of boys and our house stinks a lot, I would bet. I can't smell very well, so uh, I'll have to take your word for it. But run the diffuser, um, get, get that... That the vibe, get the ambiance going, and get prepared for uh, whoever it is that's going to join you for dinner. And, and I think that this sets the tone in a good way because when they walk through the door, you're not frantically trying to make the last minute preparations. You're you're able to be there and just engage with them right away. Now you're still going to have to do some stuff. You're probably going to have to relocate stuff from the stove or the oven to the table. That's to be expected. But but for the most part, get the bulk of your preparations out of the way. I think in doing so, really expresses to them, man, we've been looking forward to having you. We've been making all the preparations that we can. And we're just so glad to have this time with you. So I think being prepared really sets you uh, up to to have good conversation um, and get the ball rolling. Now, the second piece of that in being prepared is you're actually creating an environment for them to be to feel comfortable in. So just as it might be awkward for you or just uncomfortable or not necessarily in your wheelhouse to have people into your your space, it can be just as uncomfortable or you know just unfamiliar for people who are coming into your space for them to be there. And so you want to help kind of um, get them acclimated into your space, make them feel comfortable, uh, you know, get them, get them something to drink, a nice glass of wine, maybe uh, give them a seat of honor. You know, like we, we got the comfy couch or the comfy chair in our house or, or the, the seat at the table that just makes them feel like they're a distinguished guest. You know, make let them kind of sit in um, and, j- and just sort of uh, absorb the ambiance. Um, you're trying to disarm some of their anxieties and, and, and kind of open them up to the conversation that is to come. And then the next thing is, uh, is to just embrace the small talk. Um, long time ago, I heard uh, Pastor Ray Ortland say something because I'm one of those guys that uh, I just wanted to get like straight to the meat and potatoes. I want to get to like the good, in depth, heart level uh, conversations and sort of just go right for it. And and for a lot of people, that can be off putting. There's some people that are going to be ready to go right for it. Um, but one of the things that really changed my mindset was to hear Pastor Ortland say. Um, God is in the small talk, that God is present in the small talk. Not every conversation needs to just go, you know, 10 leagues below, you know, the sea um, to the heart level stuff. Like God is present in this small talk. And I think small talk is one of the ways that, that almost every meaningful relationship begins. And so if we can embrace the small talk learn what people are into, hear what excites them, see what they're going through their day-to-day life. Um, and, and I think conversation, when you're in the small talk phase, it can easily sort of just flow. Even if you're talking about the weather, at least it's something that you've got in common and, and you can go from there. It's always a jumping off point. Um, and so here are a couple of, of suggestions as you're embracing the small talk. First of all, be interested. Um, we want to, as we listen one of the ways that conversation keeps rolling, and you and, and if you can keep doing this, it just sort of naturally flows, is that as you're interested, as you're asking these questions, um, people are going to naturally tell you about the things that they enjoy, like why they're into you know this fitness regimen or why they're into craft beers or once it's, you know, like whatever their hobbies are, they're kind of just going to kind of go and it'll flow naturally. And before you know it, you're finding things that you share in common or similarities at least about the things that you're, that you're attracted to. Um, 
and you can just kind of keep a, a conversation naturally going by being interested and asking good follow-up questions. And then the other side of that is to be interesting. Um, as your guest shares their interests, man, you, you might find you've got this co- common ground, or like I said earlier, you've got some shared commonalities or reasons why you like the same thing. So it's like, well, I like fitness stuff for this reason, and I like board games for this reason. I, you know, I'm kind of drawing a loose connection here, but but you can see what I'm talking about. Like, uh, maybe there's a reason why you like the same. You share the same reason why you like two different things. And so you can share your interest with that person. Not only are you getting to know them, but they're getting to know you. Um, another piece that I think is really important, you know, at least in this, these introductory phases, especially if this is somebody um, you're just getting to know or you're on mission to, I would avoid um, hot takes. I would avoid really tackling controversial issues that, you know, um, could be really off-putting. I'm not saying that there's never a place for that. I think, in fact, the deeper your relationship goes, it's one of the things that, that the privileges that you're afforded is to to have those dialogues around controversial issues, especially with people that don't agree with you. Um, I think that's a gift. Um, but at least in these un- introductory phases, it might be worthwhile to kind of put up some guardrails there and say, listen, I'm not, I know that this may not, this might be off-putting for this, this person. So I'm just not going to go there. I'm going to try to avoid stuff that we can, can develop a, a, a strong relationship on instead of kind of putting up a dividing wall. Um, so that, that would be a couple of suggestions of how to keep, um, the small talk rolling. And then one of the things that I found is that, um, people like to talk about themselves Everybody likes to. Everybody likes to talk about themselves. And so as you are asking questions, these follow-up questions about, you know, like what the small talk is, what people are interested into, a lot of times it'll easily segue into um, the opportunity to learn this person's story. And really, as we do discipleship and mission, um, learning other people's stories is a big piece of being able to do gospel discipleship, all right? So it's like understanding this person's story so that I can help them understand how their story fits inside of the context of, of God's story, right? The redemption, uh, or excuse me, the creation, fall, redemption, restoration, following that narrative arc that if, if you've been part of uh, a mission community, when you go through the story, story-formed story way or the story of God, uh, you can kind of draw some connections between their story um, and God's story. And so I would just encourage you, man, just ask questions, ask people, you know, how to, how they got to where they are, ask follow-up questions, you know, like, you know, they're talking about their job and ask a question like, Hey, is this something that you've been always interested in? Um, or, you know, kind of trace it back. There's a lot that you can do, um, in tracing a thread of conversation back to kind of an origin story, You're kind of tracing it through their story to figure out why they're at, at the point where they are, are now. And, and I think it's, it's just one way, um, to, to really enter into their life is to know their story. And, and like I said, it's a big piece uh, of discipleship. Now, depending on who you're talking with, if, if this is like a pretty new relationship or a new friendship that you've just formed, um, or people that, that have been in your missional, com- missional community for a long time, um, there's going to be some, some varying, uh, I guess, parameters maybe you want to put on it. Um, for example, um, I think that there's a way to, without, you know, being completely sheepish, uh, is to respect boundaries. That that if you if you sense that you're coming up on a sensitive conversation, that maybe you just don't have the relational rapport to enter into that with that person yet, you can respect their boundaries. You can tell, say, hey, you know, I'm I I'm interested in hearing what you have to say about that. I just want to let you know that we don't have to talk about that if it makes you feel uncomfortable. You can you can uh, uh, sort of respect um, their boundaries, but at the same time, I would encourage you to say, listen. Um, 
I want to encourage you not to back away from awkward conversations because a lot of times people are willing to go to a vulnerable spot, willing people, you know, after being asked questions, these open-ended questions, um, probing at a genuine interest, people might be willing to, to enter in a space of vulnerability and kind of share some, some raw parts of their story. And for some of us, that might be off-putting, kind of uncomfortable. And so I just want to encourage you not to back away uh, from those, uncomfor- or those uncomfortable and awkward conversations because God might very well be using you, um, giving you an opportunity to speak the truth in love to that person that you're sharing a meal with around the table. So I, I just want to encourage you, um, have boundaries, you know, respect the boundaries, but at the same time, don't back away just because something gets uncomfortable as you're getting to know somebody's story. And and. and like I've hinted at already, is one of the best ways to get to know somebody's story is to continue asking them open-ended questions. Um, you know, if you can stay away from yes and no questions or, or like making assumptions about somebody's story, you, you'll allow them to kind of answer in their own words. And then from their relationships sort or the, the conversation starts to sort of flow uh, pretty naturally most times, not all the times. They might have some people that are kind of standoffish and, and you got to kind of pry, you know, pry a little bit, at, you know, in a respectful way. Um, but those open-ended questions really, really help uh, help you um, open up the conversation a little bit more. And I think that as people open up and share with you, you ought to uh, affirm them as they do so. So you might come to a place in their story uh, where you sense that God is, is revealing an evidence of grace. Like God's clearly doing something in this person's life. And so you want to say, hey, you know, I just want to take a minute and pause and say, what you just shared with me, it seems like it's a really big deal. I want to I want to commend you for listening to God. I want I want to commend you uh, for living into your gospel identity. I want to, you know, I just want to tell you that this really I'm really grateful to see that in your life. Or perhaps it's something that that people are, you know, they've shared a hard season of life, um, some some sort of difficulty or or maybe they've shared that um, that there's been a season where they've been sinned against and you can listen and say and just sort of validate. It sounds like it sounds like you're hurt, and I, I just want to let you know that I think it's okay to feel that way. It seems like you've been sinned against, and, and it, maybe the Lord wants to bring some healing to that. And so having the, those moments of affirmation of like saying, I see you, I hear you, thanks for sharing. And I think that's the next thing that you can just say, thank you for sharing. Thank people for for opening up their hearts, opening up their lives um, in such a meaningful way where, where you can know them and they can know you and not feel like you got to run and hide from each other. You, you share too much and now you got to go, go retreat or whatever. Just let them know. Thank, hey, thanks. I'm so grateful you're here. I'm so grateful you've given me this opportunity to know you. And I'm praying that, the God, that God will bring us into a deeper relationship together as we grow in the gospel alongside of one another. So, so there are some tips there as far as getting, um, moving from the uh, small talk into getting to know their story. But then the next thing that we really want to do with these intentional conversations is get to the gospel. We want to like, we want to actually talk about how Jesus is at work in our lives or what, what the Lord is trying to bring uh, to, to the, to the surface of our lives to grow in, um, or, or places where we just need God's help is God's grace, um, to grow in these areas. And so we want to kind of have this transition at some point again, um, I think there's a way that you can hype this up where it becomes too scary, too daunting, where it's definitely not helpful. But but there's also this sense of like, if you just want, 
if we don't have the intentionality to get to the gospel, man, we can really miss out on a lot. So we want to see our conversation sort of transition into like the spiritual dimension of speaking about what, what discipleship looks like, um, especially if it's pe- somebody from Sacred City and, and trying to understand what it looks like to be a disciple of Jesus right now in this moment, or even with those people that we are on mission to. So here are a couple of examples, and, and these are, I'm not going to go over all of them. These are also um, in that little booklet that we handed out, some, some guideline questions or some questions to help open up conversation that goes to sort sort of more of the heart level, the discipleship level um, of conversations as we're having these meals around the table. So one of the questions you could ask is, um, how what is Jesus up to in this season of your life? What what's what's the Lord doing in your life right now? What what places is he expanding your understanding of the gospel? What places is he convicting you of sin in your life? Right? So what is Jesus doing um, right now in your life? Um, and, and then there's also, you could say, well, you know, if there's not a lot of clarity, like, I'm just not sure, then you could ask a question like, hey, what, what does it seem like Jesus has been doing in the last three months? Now, maybe they don't have an answer for that, that question either, but that's fine. Um, we're here to help kind of navigate and help each other understand what the, what the Lord's up to in each other's lives. Um, and so this is, could, just could open up a really good conversation about how do we develop a, a sense of what God's up to? Like, how do, I, how do I develop gospel eyes to see evidences of graces? How do I develop ears to hear the conviction of the Spirit when the Spirit's convicting my sin? And so talking about some of those discipleship things, that could open up a ton of really great um, conversations. Another thing you can ask is, what areas are your life that are you're sensing that you need God's help with right now? Where, where are you finding yourself inadequate, that your own strength, your own power, um, your own resources seem to be limiting you, and God seems to be calling you into drawing upon the power of the Spirit, um, or, or just l- leaning into the help that God um, offers us? So, so that's another question. There's a, a bunch of other ones. I think another really great question to ask, especially as you're, you're talking with people in your missional community, is how has missional community been challenging you lately? It might might be just like the the ins and outs of living life together in community and on mission, right? That we find challenging and we can kind of air those out and talk about them and say, here's why I'm struggling with these. Or maybe it has something to do with the curriculum that we're studying or or just a season that we're in as a missional community. Maybe we feel like mission is sort of lacking and we can talk about how, how there's maybe been a lull in our own personal mission. So things, opportunities like that to talk about with other Christians, um, other people who are part of Sacred City Moline, um, about how the Lord is challenging you within the context of community and mission. Um, and so those are a couple ideas. Um, and, and then there's another sense where we want to talk, when we think about how we can um, engage in meaningful conversations with not yet Christians or people that we're on mission to. Um, and, and sometimes this, there's a, a fear that, man, if I start talking about Jesus, I'm going to sound too preachy. Um, but listen, Jesus did most of his ministry around a table, around food. Um, it's usually done at parties. There's all kinds of places where where the Lord had sort of embarked on these spiritual conversations uh, around a meal. And, and so I don't want you to shy away from going there. I don't want, to sh- want you to shy away from having those spiritual conversations, conversations about Jesus, the gospel. Um, in fact, we want to drive our conversation there in like a natural, you know, non-threatening kind of way. And and I think maybe sometimes the best way to break the ice and to, to kind of go there is to share about what the Lord is doing in your life, to share your own experiences, uh, to share about your testimony and what God's doing in your life now or wh- what he's brought you from and, and what you found in Christ, what you found in the gospel, what you found in the midst of a church community that you think that this person might really want to get in on too. And so... Um, 
the, these questions are, you know, again, I don't recommend like having the list of these questions, um, right off the bat to kind of just go through and, and drill people with, but these are just a sample and it's an idea of some of the things that you can be asking the transition into, um, into some, some deep spiritual love, level conversation. One of the things you can ask is like, what, what's your biggest concern right now? What, what worries you the most? And as you hear, hear people's concerns and worries, one of the things that you can do is point people back to the sovereignty of God. Let them know that, that yeah, God, God is in control of the cosmos. Jesus is in the control room of heaven. Everything happens according to his plan. And not only does he have that power to, to determine how things are going to work out, but he cares for you. Um, he, he can sympathize with you and your weakness. He, he has a heart, a desire, uh, an affection for you. And so you can point people to the reality. That's a great way to transition, to speak to them in the midst of, of, their, of their fears and anxieties. One of the ways um, that, that, we, is, that we're really opened up to these spiritual conversations is when that we hear people having a hard time in life. Maybe they're going through uh, a difficult season in marriage. Maybe they're going through a difficult um, thing at work. And you can, you can ask a question like, what, what's... What's the one thing in life that you have to have uh, without it feeling like your life's falling apart? You know, or what, what's what's your ultimate goal in life? Thinking about the 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 the, the, the telos, the the aim, the grand goal in life, and helping people see that man, there's something more than a job. There's something more than these relationships, as good as those things are. There's something more than um, making sure that our kids don't grow up to be lunatics. You know, to show them a greater vision for their life. That's a way that we can get to Jesus. Um, uh, the other thing is like, you know, whose approval do you most crave? Um, you can talk about their spiritual background. Like, did you grow up, grow up going to church? Um, what's, what, how do you view God right now? What do you think of Jesus? And asking these questions, kind of find out where they're at. And, and then, you know, you can always ask, Hey, can I share with you what, what I found to be true and, and what the word of God says about who God is and, and who Jesus is and what the gospel is all about and, and what he wants to do with me. And, and you can even use those opportunities to share the gospel. I think really the, the main thing about these conversations is developing gospel ears, ears that can help us hear uh, the p- places in other people's story where there's there might be unbelief, there might be a disconnect um, between what the Bible tells us about what's true about God, about ourselves and the world, um, and helping reconnect us to that truth and be grounded in, in the truth. So we've got to develop these gospel ears to hear these gospel snacks. And, and with truth and with love, we can speak into those things in a way that might open up people to hear more about Jesus. And, and give them a little bit of uh, just an inquisitive nature about, man, who, who is this Jesus? Why is he made, you know, like why, why is he affected this person that I'm sharing a meal with in such a profound way? And, and it might open up to this really great discipleship conversation where, where this person that you're on mission to will, you know, transition into be being part of um, one of our, our communities in mission. Like you see that person become part of your missional community, living in community and on mission uh, together with us. And so I, I think that those are a few things um, that can help us kind of engage in, in meaningful conversation and kind of set our sights on on a conversation that goes beyond the small talk, that goes beyond just knowing about this person, but but actually engages on a heart level and, and, and helps people or, or just has a desire to, to put people in front of Jesus. That's really what, what these meals are about. Because I think that that as we are gathered around the table, that Jesus is there with us. Jesus, the Spirit's there helping us, giving us the words to say, that there's a presence of, of the Lord that's there with us, that we get to share in the blessing of Christ together. Um, and so I think that's a great opportunity. And then and then following up, after you have uh, that meal together, uh, there, there's a great opportunity because it's first of all, it's great. You've done great work. You, you've, you've made plans to have somebody over. Um, you, you've... you've prepared a meal, 
you spent time together, uh, you opened up your home, uh, you, you had good conversation, and you the, the night has wrapped up, and maybe you've got, had the opportunity to pray for that person, which I think is a great way uh, to end co- conversations, is to, to actually pray for them and ask the Lord to bless that person as they go on their way, whoever it might be. Um, the, the next day, I would highly recommend... Um, following up with that person. Just saying, hey, I'm so glad we had that time together. Uh, Just our time meant so much to me. I hope it was uh, meaningful to you. It really blessed me. And just express how enjoyable that time together was and how you're looking forward to having uh, the next meal together. And I think that, that as we practice this, as as we have all these things come together, like we're practicing biblical hospitality, having people over into our space, um, we're, we're preparing good meals, which is a part of gospel hospitality. Uh, I would say bad meals equals bad hospitality. So we want to make good meals for people to enjoy. Um, we've created a, an atmosphere where people can let their guard down and feel like they can be themselves, bring their real selves to the table, um, engage in meaningful conversation, and then just say, hey, we, we're so thankful for you. We're so glad that you came with us, uh, and we just want to continue to have have this relationship uh, together. And so I think that's one of the ways that, that the mission of God can move forward here in the Quad Cities. It's a huge part of how we continue to make disciples um, here at Sacred City. And so this is, guys, I'm, I'm just really excited uh, about this season and what I'm expecting the Lord to do as we kind of step out on a regular basis of sharing the table with other people, having these meals, um, having great uh, gospel conversation, and, and just trusting that the Lord will continue to build His church one ordinary meal at a time. So I hope this is a good help for you as you continue to set out on this uh, this endeavor here of of uh, the hospitality campaign of Around the Table. Um, I'm looking forward to hearing your stories. As, as you're having people over, um, I want to hear from you. I want to hear, you know, maybe maybe what's like a, a praise, what's an evidence of grace that's come out of this. Maybe, maybe for you, hospitality has not been a strong suit and you just feel like, man, I, I've got a... F- I've got a better grip on how to go about this. Um, maybe you've had a good conversation that 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 hasn't happened before, and because of this campaign and because of being pushed out of your comfort zone, um, the Lord's opened up some of these opportunities, and even uh, just seeing how He's opened up some of these relationships. I want to hear about it. I want to be able to celebrate that and celebrate that with our church family. Um, and so, shoot me a message, Sam at SacredCityChurch.com, if you got an evidence of grace to share, or if you have any more questions, or, or maybe saying, "Hey, I, I'm still wrestling through this. Could you help me out, man? I want to help you out as best." I know how. So um, I love you guys. I'm praying for you. I can't wait to uh, hear your stories of God's grace and, and how he's using these ordinary meals to do extraordinary things for the for the advancement of the kingdom of heaven here in the Cold Cities.